Five o'clock on the Blitz. Work is over. It's time to let that bird fly. Free that bird, boys. Tulsa, happy Friday. It is another edition of the show here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. I'm Colby Daniels, along with the 2023 Oklahoma Sportscaster of the Year, Jeremy Poplin. Dion Amade is in the house today, and Scott File is on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Dusty Dvorak will join us momentarily. We have Bedlam Hoops tomorrow, the final regular season Big 12 version of Bedlam. That is a 2 o'clock pregame start. Three o'clock tip from Gallagher Iba Arena. And I think we all kind of assume that at some point this basketball rivalry will be rebooted in some capacity, whether that's non conference matchups and neutral sites or however it may work out. It, it doesn't feel like it has the same finality that the football series had a few months ago. Dusty Dvorak joins us via the Blitz Hotline. Dusty, happy Friday. What is happening? Happy Friday, boys. Uh, not much. Uh, just double duty today for me from my morning show this morning, filling in for Christopher Mad Dog Russo on Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio. Fresh off that, uh, hopping on with you boys, man. Just uh, talking. We talk a lot about college football uh, here today. Just uh, the news coming down with the ruling from Tennessee and Virginia situation that uh, NIL can be a part of recruiting inducements to expanding the playoff already to 14 teams. So a lot of college football and college basketball talk on the show today. Dusty, doesn't it seem that Charlie Baker is brought in to kind of fix a problem? He's, he's brought in to fix a problem, but it just seems like that that problem was so far down the tracks that no entity that they could bring in without some sort of savior from congress is going to fix this at all for the ncaa that's another massive blow to what the structure of the ncaa is and what they're supposed to be about happening today with tennessee and virginia yeah i just don't see how it, this this continues i thought charlie baker had a good interview with dan murphy of espn uh you know he touched on said some good things but i mean look mark emmert essentially ran this thing into the ditch uh and i, I think that the groundwork that's already been laid by court rulings, the amount of, I mean, the NCAA's got like four or five pending lawsuits uh, that could absolutely cripple them financially as is. And now they lose here once again uh, by a federal judge against uh, the state of Tennessee and the state of Virginia. I mean, when's the last time the NCAA won a a court hearing? I just think that the, the writing is, is pretty clearly on the wall, uh, you know, and so... What I think is going to be fascinating is what does the structure look like? You know, does does football become its own entity, leaving college basketball and other sports? Um, is you know, does the NCAA even continue to exist? Because I do think that in more of a real amateur model, they can have a role. Uh, but as it relates to college football, which is the number one thing that we discuss, talk about, and most fans really gravitate to it, it just it, it's hard to envision a path forward where the NCAA exists and I think today was you know just yeah like you touched on pop yet another 
uh, blow uh, to to their model and and the way they view things and the way that they think things should be run. I, I got to be honest. Like, I I thought just the the sanctions they brought down on Florida State first and then on Tennessee. I, I honestly thought they were laughable, and clearly they thought they still had some jurisdiction at least as it related to recruiting inducements. And we find out today, no, uh, you don't. So I I, I don't know. You know where or how Charlie Baker pivots, and I just don't honestly, guys. I don't. I don't. Football is it's a unicorn as it relates to the bulk of college athletics. It's different, uh, and and really, it's for you know. I don't know if it's even all of college football, but the upper echelon of college football, which Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are in conferences and leagues that uh, fit that bill. Uh, I, I just I don't see how the NCAA continues to function uh, really at all, uh, let alone the way that we've grown and know it to be. So, yeah, today was just uh, yet another. I mean, Charlie Baker and the NCAA got to be sitting there going, man, can we win anything in the court of law as it relates to, you know, upholding the way we think this thing should go? And I think today was another reminder they really can't. I think it's really interesting in terms of of what the governing body ultimately becomes and how the dynamic between I think everybody wanting some kind of guardrail on a lot of this stuff, how how much of that is in the equation, but also nobody wants to give up their financial advantages over their peers, right? So there's like there's like this this weird intersection of you know we need guardrails for all this, but I don't want it to be a level playing field either. Yeah, I mean, and you're talking more conference by conference, right? Like, meaning the SEC and the Big Ten, they're operating in rarefied air. You know, one way is if, you know, the let's just call it the Power Four conferences, or, I mean, if you want to expand past that, I can't imagine it happens. But if they came together and said, you know what, we we view ourselves as equal. Let's go in together and let's get a, a collective television deal, right? Then, then everybody would share, and it'd be equal, and you'd all play from the same sandbox, and you'd all come to that sandbox with the similar toys. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. You know, I that would be for the betterment and the good of college athletics, but I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. The real question kind of becomes to me, Kobe, like, where's the cutoff? W- what is that cutoff? Where? You know, how many how many schools, how many teams can play uh, at that at that top level? And then past that, what happens with everybody else? I don't think that these programs and the rest of college football is just going to the wayside. I think they're still going to be a good product. And, you know, as we talked on Wednesday about, a you know, a, a split and, you know, multiple national championships, more of a power four group of five type of structure. But. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to relinquish uh, power, control, money, any of it. And there is definitely a power struggle. And ultimately, are there concessions given? Is there any place that anyone meets in the middle? Um, I think the best case for that would be those power four conferences. But I think past that, I think that there's no way. I don't think that you're going to see that those those power brokers – uh, relinquish that control that they have, that the finances they have funneling through to their uh, various schools, and it's going to leave you in a you know a, a bit of an uncomfortable place, which is pretty much where we're at right now, right? Colby asked a really good question earlier, Dusty, which is, all right, so 
obviously those in the state of Tennessee and Virginia felt a certain way. There's got to be some of those states or schools affiliated with states and their collectives that look at this and go, oh, crap. Because the gap between the haves and have-nots and the power five is growing day by day. And the question becomes, like, what are these collectives going to do now that you've unleashed them? The full potential that they have to not just tiptoe up to the line, but now they've kind of just skipped right over the line. I mean, it, it, it could be wild here, even wilder than it already is. It could be. I'll just say this, though. I don't know how many people cared that there was a line anyway. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I, I, <laughs> That's I, a good don't, point. I, I think that the conversations for recruits, um, because the big thing with the NCAA, right, was if you're already enrolled, you're already on campus, you're already a part of this team, well, yeah, then, of course, you can, you can strike deals with collectives. It's prospective transfers. It's prospective recruits. You can't use it to induce someone to come to your school. I mean, you've got your head in the sand if you think that hasn't been going on. Could it potentially be going on even more so moving forward? Yeah, that's, there's no doubt that's a possibility. But I, I think for, for anyone that, was paying attention or had any kind of no, like, I mean, part of the pitch on these recruits or these transfer portal guys, I mean, part of the conversation is about and or with a collective. So like, again, like that's, it would be surprising to me if there was, you know, more than 10% where this wasn't going on. So you could just be more like upfront about it yeah, now with like an offer yeah. letter. Like sure. we could see sure. offer letters now, which would be like, whoa. Well, the only thing is the thing that's still murky is that technically the collective has to operate independent of the university. Yes. Right. So that's where there's still, you know, we'll see what I'll just, this is, I think this thing where it needs to land to me is they need to be the upper echelon of college football. These athletic departments that, are able to bring in, uh, you know, uh, exorbitant amounts of money through television deals and, you know, uh, third rights deals and just, you know, different things. And whether it's donations from uh, people, uh, these, these entities need to employ these players. And you need to have signed contracts. You need to have some form of a revenue share. It would be great if we could live in a world where there was some type of salary cap, which would create true parity. And obviously we're talking about a NFL model or a, like a, a mini NFL. I've talked to enough coaches. Um, Chip Kelly threw this out after their bowl game. I sat with Mike Loxley, uh, Maryland head coach last year at the Super Bowl, and he laid this out. Um, I was at the, I was at the um, Bear Bryant Coach Awards, and I talked with multiple coaches up for that award about this exact model. I, I think most people believe that's where this is headed, and that's actually what would – would you know decrease some of the chaos and some of the wild wild west that you will uh that we see going on when do we get to that place how long does it take I, that i don't know and until we get to that place it's gonna be a little bit crazy i mean there's really no other way to put it because there's a very gray area on are there things that these collectives slash you know, football programs are the things that they can't do. And I think we're starting to see there's pretty much nothing that a court of law is going to say they can't do at this point. Dusty, uh, Pete Thamel and Heather Dinich, I believe, were reporting that, that the discussions this week primarily about the new format in two years 
revolved around a 14-team playoff structure, which would be similar to the NFL, right? Um, I, I think Bill Hancock said that that was confirmed that that was true, but wouldn't get into the details. Like, have you have you thrown out hypotheticals of how you think that thing would actually work? Yeah, and and by the way, this is no different than we thought. Tony Petiti, the Big Ten's one, kind of leading the charge, and he's pushing for 16. And it sounds like they're they're landing on on 14. I, this is, I, I mean, I don't know this. This is my gut. I think, and again, is. Is this 14-team playoff? Is it going to be the Power Four? I mean, I know that when they're having these discussions, that's probably not throwing the table when there's you know 10 conference commissioners, five of which are from the group of five. Uh, and then obviously Notre Dame, Jack Swarbrick gets to sit in the room. But, I mean, I think that, you know, if, if it's the current model it is now, and these, which will be nine by then, because at some point you think the Pac-12 will not exist. And if it does exist, they're going to absorb – the Mountain West Conference, which then you're going to eliminate a conference somewhere. So we're talking about nine conferences here. And if it's 14 teams, I think that you've got the SEC and Big Ten saying we want a guarantee of, I think three's the minimum. I think four's the asking place. So you've got eight of your 14 are guaranteed to be from those two leagues. Would not surprise me if, uh, you know, or even if it's three, let's call it three, three apiece guaranteed to get in two from the ACC and the big 12 that puts you at 10. I think you could, you know, one, um, one from the group of five that's at 11 and then potentially like three at larges. Um, I, I could, I could see that. I could see four guaranteed the big 10 SEC say we want four guaranteed a piece two to the ACC and, and two to the big 10 uh, that puts you at 12 one at large, uh, and and then one group of five. I, I could see a scenario like that, but I, I think that the the push is going to be for. And then where I don't know to settle is is pay structure. I, again, I'm sure that that's going to be massively favored to the bigger conferences that have more stroke, that have more teams, are going to be players. Uh, I think that it's also voting rights. Right now, all eleven people have the same voting power. I can't imagine that Tony Petiti, Greg Sankey, and for that matter, I'd be surprised if Brett Yormark or Jim Phillips, Big 12 and ACC commissioners, feel that it's okay for you know the, those other group of five schools to have the same saying power at the table that they do. So I don't know exactly what the structure, like the format would look like with 14 teams, um, but I, I think that more of the conversation that they're having before they get to what would a format look like, it's going to be how many automatic qualifiers can we guarantee for these different leagues? How, you know, what is, what's the split? How are we going to spread these, these revenue, this revenue distribution? What's that going to look like? And then voting power. I think that that's the bulk of this as far as, you know, what does a 14-team layout look like? I'll be honest, I haven't really gotten there because – I feel like it's somewhat of a fool's errand for any of us to go down that rabbit hole until we know exactly what we're working with and how many conferences, how much of college football are going to be a part of that new playoff in, in, in 2026 and beyond. That's what I was going to ask you. Are you pro them having the conversations right now just to get kind of their minds wrapped around it? Or would you rather these happen after we've at least seen one year of how this actually works physically through a playoff format? I would... Personally, I would, I mean, I know that they have to plan for the future. 
I was hoping we could at least see one year before we made any changes or complete shifts, uh, see exactly what, what this format looks like. You know, how, how do the home field games go? Do we love that? Is there a way to incorporate more of that if we love it? Is it, I can't imagine it's not a huge success, uh, but if it wasn't, is there a way to move away from that? I mean, yeah, personally for me, I, was, I wasn't annoyed because I was expecting there to be some talk already of expansion, but it's like we've waited this long to go from, you know, nothing to the BCS and then a long period of time, BCS to a four-team playoff. And then we finally got to a four-team playoff and it's taken us 10 years to get here. And before we even get to year one of this new 12-team playoff, we're already talking about adding more teams and completely potentially changing it. I personally, I would like to see in some manner how this thing plays itself out before we start to completely change and reboot the structure that we've taken this long to get to. But I, I don't know, man. I mean, the reality is this more teams means more games, more games means more money and smarter people than me have told me for a long time, follow the money. So uh, at some point, though, and, and I've been all about expansion, I do think you can make it potentially too big. Like, so I, I, I don't want them to get going too much. Having said that, when the NFL was going to add a playoff team each side at first, like, ah, oh, do we really need more? I, I have not been complaining about the new, uh, you know, 14-team NFL playoff structure. So, I, personally, I'd like to see them play it out one time, Pop, but I, I don't think anybody's – going to wait and hold up to see exactly how it plays out. I think they want to get on some level an idea, a skeleton, a structure of what this looks like. But I just – there's far more questions and answers at this point. But clearly a 14-team playoff, some form of an expansion from the 12 was a, a huge talking point when they all met on Wednesday. I'm not surprised that they're already looking to the future. And I mean, I would even say I'm surprised there's not even some sort of NIT tournament in the works where you have a <laughs> secondary playoff oh with gosh. teams that don't make the primary playoff. I mean, <laughs> I, if we're talking about money, that's just kind of the, the way that I envision these people operating. Uh, well, there's there's no telling. Don't say that out too loud, uh, too loud. Or, or we're definitely uh, we're going to get something in that regard. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm. And then, you know, uh, Nick Saban, I appreciate. I, I think, you know, I thought Nick Saban's comments have been interesting. You know, he wants to, at very minimum, I think he should be some kind of advisor. I've talked to Bob Stoops about it. I think he would sit on some kind of advisory board, whatever, and obviously not necessarily with the playoff, but with the, what college football looks like and the road that it's headed. I sure hope there's some football people helping make some of those decisions. So I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, what Nick Saban had to say about getting involved. And I think that if you ask some other coaches that grew up and, and this was their life, I think that you'd find more and more coaches that would take some interest in trying to help shape the future of, of what this whole thing uh, looks like. And, but, I mean, we are far from any kind of finality, boys. I just, I'm trying to get excited about a 12-team yeah. playoff, and it makes my brain hurt <laughs> to try to think about all this other stuff sometimes, especially what a – before we've even seen the 12 team or exactly what a 14 team playoff looks like. So uh, I don't know. Uh, Dusty, I, I, always... Oh, go ahead. Finish. I was just going to say, and then I look at today and I see the NFL 
They've got more money than they know what to do with. Right? Woo, like they, 255. The cap goes up 13.6%, up $30.6 million, the biggest increase ever. And, you know, they've just expanded their playoff here recently. They're putting more and more games in prime time, and they're just continuing to make hand over fist. So to think college football doesn't look at that, doesn't see that on some level, and will continue to try to replicate and do what they can to maximize dollars, I think we'd all be fooling ourselves. There's no question about it. Always appreciate the time, my friend. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch up on Monday. All right, boys. Sounds good. That is Dusty Dvorak joining us via the Blitz Hotline. I'm Colby Daniels along with Jeremy Poplin, Dion Amade, and Scott File. John Holcomb is next here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.